We have to go back! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And there's been a murder! In the movie that we're reviewing, that's right, we are reviewing the 1985 movie, maybe the shortest movie title. It's just Clue. It's not Clue colon the movie Mm. or Clue colon the based off of the board game pushed by Sapphire, but it is just Clue. Great board games. (laughs) Yeah. So we are reviewing Clue because Scooby-Doo is making its way to your home and hopefully your hearts because I love me some Scooby-Doo. Yeah, and I'm going to make that connection right off the bat with some uh, trivia that when it was released uh, overseas in England, it was called Clue-Doo. So Scooby-Doo, Clue-Doo, sometimes we just get lucky. Scooby Clue do. It might also be Cluedo with the accent, but it's cleaner if we make it Clue do. This is, in fact, the movie based off of the hit board game. Uh, this movie uh, is based off of the beloved 1949 uh, board game of the same name, Clue. Uh, and that is the iconic mystery board game where Dr. Black. Uh, in London or everywhere else except for North America, Mr. Body has been murdered in his own mansion and the six people that were present are now considered suspects. Players take the role of any of the six suspects and receive cards containing illustrations of the suspects, the rooms, or the weapons. One card of each category is placed in the envelope and to play, the suspects must enter a room in the mansion and make a suggestion such as it was Mrs. Peacock in the kitchen with the candlestick. And a different player can reveal a card that matches the suggestion to disprove it. To win the game, a player must make an accusation that matches all three cards contained in the envelope. If the accusation is wrong, the player must sit out for the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. And note that the player can accuse his own character if he believes himself to be the murderer, which, you know, wouldn't make a lot of sense if you think about it so the popularity in the game uh, has caused it to be made into a plethora of different uh locations over the decades it's been turned into a mini series uh, a novelization a video game and of course the 1985 movie uh the first board game movie to be made uh which <laughs> was directed originally by an American werewolf and London director, John Landis, who came up with the original premise for Clue, a group of strangers all being blackmailed, stuck in a mansion as a murder mystery unfolds around them, uh, and initially planned to direct it himself. Landis decided to direct the Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd comedy Spies Like Us, which actually came out like right around the same time as Clue because you know he left it to go work on another project. Uh, but then he handed it over to the very capable hands of uh, John Lynn, who is the co-creator of the quintessential British television series, Yes, Minister, and Yes, Prime Minister, the, the spinoff. The CSI Miami of the Minister series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and he took the reins and went on with this movie, which was so ahead of its time. That's the only way to say, to describe this movie, because it 
bombed in theaters, but it was considered a bomb largely because uh, not only did it not make its money back, it had a budget of about 15 million and it made like 14 ish million. But here's the thing. Let me just put this out here in case you don't know this about the movie clue. There are multiple endings to how this movie happens. If you watch this movie on streaming, uh, I watched it on Amazon Prime, uh, you can see uh, the three endings back to back to back. When this movie was released, depending on what theater you went to, you got a different ending. Oh, that's confusing. Oh my, well, that's the thing. Is like, So you imagine 1985, uh, this actually confused a lot of people. Uh, people who were reviewing the movie were explaining like two things. They're like, A, we don't get it. Like it's, it's considered to be a black comedy. So it has like really different kind of comedic tone to it. But also they didn't realize that there would be an actual mystery in this movie. They just thought it was going to be farce. But most importantly, the endings. Uh, some cities, the newspaper print ads would indicate which version they had. They say this theater has ending A or ending B or ending C. And moviegoers were like, what is this, a pop quiz? I'm an adult. And they just people just ended up not seeing the movie. Uh, and so... That's why we have the current version that is kind of more circulated with home video and TV versions playing all three endings back to back to back with how it could have happened, uh, how it really happened. But if you have the movie on DVD or Blu-ray, you can play one ending at random or Mm. all three endings um, like it is on streaming. There's a fourth ending that was not released, and I won't be uh, spoilery about it, but it does involve the violent death of a character by several animals and they were like this is too much this is pretty bleak uh and it was not included but that's interesting that all of the different theaters had different endings because if you've ever seen the stage version of clue it is very similar to that where it's somewhat randomized and it's they have all of these different possibilities for how the story can play out. And it's very exciting. Um, So I can see how they would try to get that experience through the film, but it does probably Mm -hmm. play uh, a lot better in live theater. Well, originally there were plans to have six different endings. Oh, one for (laughs) each character. One for each character. Uh Uh, But I guess after they decided to scrap the fourth one, like, okay, well, I guess this is where we end it. And then Wayne's World says, this gives me an idea. Uh, Hold my guitar. What? But yeah, this movie has become a cult classic. It's constantly praised for its style, its uh, wit, and just the way that they do comedy and physical comedy. Uh, I mean, the movie would uh, live on in other iterations. Uh, Like, just the mansion set was bought and redecorated by the producers of Dynasty, um, Mm. the TV show, and used as the Carrollton Hotel. And this is more of a fun fact, but all of the secret passages in the movie uh, is exactly the same as the board game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have been in talks of doing a revival of this movie. I don't know why I said revival like that. Revival. Uh, Revival. Revival. Revival goes west. <laughs> I would I would watch that movie. Um, in the you know since like 2010, as early as you know 10 years ago. Uh, so we could see another iteration of Clue. Uh, but Psych, uh, one of the 
most beloved uh, mystery series. For the 100th episode, they paid a tribute to Clue, uh, titling it 100 Clues and including um, a lot of the cast members, including uh, Christopher Lloyd and several others. And uh, it was it was a good time. It's also got the singing telegram, right? Oh, maybe. I it's been so long. Yeah. I need to rewatch. I should have rewatched that as well as the watch that. You know, I only remember the singing telegram because my wife sings that jingle all the time. <laughs> uh, she loves it. It's really fun, and it look she looks just like the singing telegram in the in the movie. So wow. the detail is there. But yeah, back in uh, 2016, I think they were real. 20th Century Fox was talking about a readaptation. Um, but that was back when they were 20th Century Fox. So uh, who knows? Where they had all these that... milkshakes to just enjoy themselves. <laughs> so look at all this. Look at what we're doing here. We're going to make yeah. X-Men movie forever. And yes, singular. Um, yes. <laughs> but I did see that they that there were plans back in January 2020 to start pre-production. So who knows? That might mean they cracked their fingers and started typing and like clue well that's lunch so who knows when it's actually going to come out but it would be fun if they did shoot it in the in the same mansion because it is very historic and fun fact this is just a nugget i'm going to throw out there use it for headcanon if you want but eileen brennan who plays mrs peacock that was not her first time in that mansion uh, she had actually been there several years earlier. In 1976, uh, they shot Murder by Death there. So she was very familiar with the ins and outs of that building. Wow. Which explains ending B. I, don't... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, be- before we go too much into the movie, which, you know, is something that you never want to do on a movie podcast. I do just want... Don't go too into it. Uh, I do just want to make a point... Uh, Clue is one of Grayson's favorite games. Oh, <laughs> strike the one of. Yes. Well, the the only time I ever played Clue was with Grayson because I never knew anyone who actually had the board game. The only time? I have multiple versions of Clue. Uh, my favorite is the classic version that they did a, a reprint of a bunch of these. And I, I have you know Clue and Life, Monopoly and all these. Um, although it does not include one of the original weapons, which was poison, um, which they allude to, Professor Plum alludes to, oh, you've been poisoned, um, being kind of an Easter egg for the original uh, weapon. Uh, but yes, I I am a cluthusiast. Uh, that's what we call ourselves. Uh, at least we will when I meet another Cluthusiast. There are dozens of us. Literally dozens. But yes, uh, Clue was, I would say, my first favorite board game. Um, and as a kid, my family would play it a lot. I remember one time my dad, we had played several rounds and I think he was very tired. Um, but like you mentioned in the rules, once you guess, if you're wrong, you're out. And so it was the very first round. My dad hadn't seen any clues. He said, I'm guessing what's in the middle. He got all three correct, and the game was over. He's like, bedtime, everyone. <laughs> it is game night's done. It was incredible. I've never seen anything like it uh, in my entire board game life to just 
What? what are the odds of that? Any mathematicians listening, please tell us what are the odds of randomly choosing all three in the middle and getting it right. But yes, I played this all the time as a kid. I used to dress up as the characters, uh, mostly Professor Plum. I played the Sega game, the Sega Genesis game, which was a little little janky just because they would show you the clues. So everyone else had to be like, all right, don't look at the screen. Don't look at the screen. Uh <laughs> You had to like avert your eyes, uh, uh, but that was a lot of fun. I read the children's book series. There was a pretty extensive like series for children when I was growing, and I read all those. Uh, yeah, like I said, I saw the stage play, the movie. It, but there's no shortage of ways to enjoy this IP, and uh, yeah, it, it's just so much fun uh, that it was great to jump into this world. Yet again, because it's been a while since I've seen this actual movie. It's, it's been a pretty long time, but yeah. I try to play the game fairly regularly. Yeah, I mean, I I think I've only ever played the game. Like, seriously, like you are the first person because like now that's the real crime. <laughs> and then we righted it. We righted it as soon as we could <laughs> because it's it is such a fun game. And it's one of those games where it you get to almost endlessly enjoy it because it it completely changes with who you're playing with and the personalities of everyone uh, around. Like recently I've been playing, um, you know, every board game that we have in our home. Um, and like we play hungry, hungry hippos. And as a kid, hungry, hungry hippos look like one of the funnest games. And so that's why as an adult, I bought it. Uh, hungry, hungry hippos is such a short flash in the pan game. Like, you can maybe play Hungry Hungry Hippos like six times in like 15 minutes <laughs> and and just have your fill of it. Yeah. yeah, but that would be a terrifying movie. Yes. The movie I'm all for because you get to experience like, mm. yeah, they, they could really rampage that movie uh, if they wanted to. But like, yeah, because, you know, those marbles represent people, right? Yeah. What? I thought they just represented marbles. Teeth? <laughs> oh, my teeth. Let me get my right number of teeth back. Uh, but all that to say is that Clue, even just watching the movie, like I've seen the movie before, uh, but I was like, wait a second. I, I, I'm, I'm counting people in scenes. I'm like, wait, I know that there's a number of people who are in the scene who should be, but I can't remember who. And then it just moves so differently. Like the movie adaptation of this is just as fun as playing the board game. Uh, even though that you know that there is like one of three ways this can turn out, you're looking for the details still to wonder which one is going to point to. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's so fun. And the game of Clue is just, it's also fun. And so like it, it, it is a timeless game that I think um, inspires mystery. Like even before I ever actually played the board game, I was familiar with the conventions of Clue because it just became so iconic that it is just not only ingrained in like the whole mystery genre, but just like in wondering who has done things. Who done did that? Who done did that? It's a real hun did that. It's a it's a real who done did that. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun to relive this because there was a bunch of stuff that I did not pick up on last time I watched it. Like I, I don't think it really clicked that this was 
uh, well, for one, that it was DC. So it's my first time to watch this movie while being where they are. Uh, so that was fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, being in, in Washington, D.C. But I really didn't click before that. Well, I guess they're they're all from D.C., but they're in New England. But it didn't really click with me before that. This is 1954. I think last time. Yes. It, so it's, here's the thing. It's really easy current day when we watch movies from like the mid 80s that we saw when we were kids to just think in our little kid brain that oh this is an older movie it must just take place when it's taking place but it's the same amount of time it's like yeah there's like a 30 year difference here really so um that they are playing a past time which is um, very helpful for some of the subject matter in the way that they react to it, um, especially the way they, they react to Mr. Green and the way that they react to anything like communism-based and just really appreciating how those jokes would be in the mid-'80s. Like, they're for that audience, I think, uh, is very helpful. So I was able to appreciate that a lot more now. Absolutely. Well, because the movie, like I said, it was so far ahead of its time. Like, there are moments where I'm laughing and I'm just like, that's a new laugh. Like, that laugh I just enjoyed (laughs) was a new laugh with this movie. Hashtag new laugh, clue laugh. (laughs) Because this was also, I think this was the first time when I watched all the endings back to back. Uh, I think I had only ever seen ending A. And I laughed so hard every single time that he said communism was a red herring. Every <laughs> single time I just lost it just because it just the wit in this movie, how cleverly it is written. It just it doesn't slow down. Like I had to watch this movie with captions on just to keep up because the jokes just keep on going. He's like, yeah. he was, he said he was going to kill me in public. He's like, why do we want to kill you in public? I believe he was saying <laughs> in public, he wanted to kill her. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like the, there's so many layers in the wordplay, the physical, like the scene with Colonel Mustard and Wadsworth where he's like, yes, no, no, yes. I'm saying no to mean yes. And like that, it's like, classic kind of vaudeville humor but it plays so well in this environment one of my favorite lines was from mrs white yes i hate her so much it was the (laughs) flames 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 on on the side of my face breathing heavy breaths heavy breaths heaving which was completely improvised. Well, that's that's the brilliance of Madeline Kahn. And so, like, she, a, a major player in a lot of uh, Mel Brooks films, uh, like Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles. Uh, I believe she we saw her most recently in the Muppet movie, but You're she right. is just a comedy powerhouse. And to take a character like Mrs. White, uh, who is. Uh, I'd say often overlooked in a lot of the adaptations because her her character changes a lot depending on where you're experiencing Clue. Sometimes she's a maid. Sometimes she is just another guest. Um, It kind of changes around there. But uh, the way she plays her of like the the widow was so grounded that she was able to just do that kind of improvisation and it was brilliant. She's just brilliant. I'm a, I'm a big fan of her. 
I've always been a fan of the mystery genre. Like, mm-hmm. like, and it is because of Scooby Doo. Like every week when they had the mystery, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's like I love like finding that the information that you need is there. You just need to be looking for it. And I just have always respected and appreciated it. The mystery that is yeah. at hand. You like a good who done did that. Like a good like listen, you don't see good old fascist who done did that anymore. <laughs> you just don't. And this the justification for the game of clue, which you don't need to do. You don't need to justify a clue, but they did. Uh like you give mm. all these people who have reason to kill someone um a murder weapon. And then the lights go out. And someone's dead when the lights come back. It's like, I just, I just really appreciate the mystery aspect of it. Like, I just wish this movie at its time would have done so well that they just kept making it. It's no wonder why Clue is such a beloved mystery. Oh, it really is. It really is. Uh, Because, yeah, the elongating the mystery was kind of the problem that the the children's book series had because <laughs> it's like we, they couldn't like kill Mr. Body every time. So it had to be like different crimes of varying degrees, but you couldn't help but just feel like, why would you go back to this house? This is the worst group of people. They're constantly wow. committing crimes against each other. But you know what? I didn't overthink it as a kid. I just enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but the comedy of this movie is it's such a strong ensemble uh, with Eileen Brennan, and Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean, Martin Mull, Leslie Ann Warren, Colleen Camp uh, leaving, and Bill Henderson, that uh, with all of them, the one person I didn't name but takes this movie and puts it on his back and walks it uphill is Tim Curry. Tim, And he'll still say this is like one of his favorite movies to make. He poured his soul into this, and it shows. It is a physical feat, what he does, with the physical humor, the speed at which he delivers lines. Uh, I mean, he's, he's like, sweating by the end of it. Part of it is because he got, like, water dumped on him and everything. But he is, uh, you, you just get this feeling that he has exhausted all of his energy by the end. Uh, and I love it. Because when I think back on this movie... He's a character that is not in the game. And so because of that, he's not in a lot of adaptations. But the character of Wadsworth is uh, so well built by Tim Curry that it feels like he should have always been there. It's a similar thing like with Colleen Camp's character, Yvette, where you're like, oh, you're so important to the story. Who are you in the game? Oh, you're not. (laughs) And so the way that they built out this world around the core six pieces uh, is really impressive. And uh, one of the criticisms I've heard of people like look at the movie and they're like, they're not even wearing their colors. Ah, but they all arrive in their cars, which do match their characters' colors. So the attention to detail was really fun, but they also gave themselves permission to expand on this world. And I, it doesn't literally pay off uh, in terms of money, but as an audience, uh, it I, I felt like it paid off because those that are fans, those little details, like you were saying with the game pieces, the way they introduce all the weapons... Um, that is a uh, a nice Easter egg. There are layers and layers of Easter eggs throughout this movie. Well, we could just talk about Clue 
literally all day. Challenge accepted. <laughs> but unfortunately, there's still the matter of the murder. I'd like to propose that the murder happened right here on the podcast with the head cannon. Head cannon is the part of the show where we like to share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. What a perfect time to be looking for evidence. I I mean, honestly, I it was so difficult for me to come up with head cannon because the movie wrote. Two alternative endings. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like one of them is. Um, but I do like to. Um, I, I think my favorite. The only little piece of headcanon that I would uh, put into this movie. Is connecting it to the other movie. That we are reviewing this movie for. Which is to say. That the members of. The Clue mystery gang. Mm. Are the uh, the four mothers and fathers of Scooby and the gang? I see Scooby Dooby Clue. Scooby Dooby Clue. Uh, so if we're just going with uh, color schemes, uh, Professor Plum is uh, Daphne's father, uh, or well, I guess this is the '50s, so I guess great grandfather. Uh, actually, no, Scooby Doo came out in the '70s, so. Sticking with it. Uh, Mr. Green uh, would be Shaggy's dad. Mrs. White would be Fred's mom. And Mrs. Peacock would be Velma. No, Colonel Mustard would be Velma. Velma's father. And Miss Scarlet would be the car dealer who gave them the mystery machine. Uh, And Mrs. Peacock, um, you know, is a big fan of Great Danes and... That's where Scooby comes mm. from. He's a rescue. Yeah, he's a, there. Yeah, it goes. He's a rescue. Yeah, I like connecting those worlds because they run through doorways the same way. That's genetic. They, that is a genetic sure trait. It's recessive, yes. but genetic. And that's why they're obsessed with mysteries. That's how they found each other. It's genetic. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love that. I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, I was so worried, Ricky, that you were going to take my headcanon, and I'm thrilled oh, that you really? have not. Yes, because... Great Scott Grayson, why? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I would take... Because they establish right off the bat with Colonel Mustard that that's not his real name. So, everyone has an alias, and I think we know where we're going with this. Professor Plum is Doc Brown. Oh, yeah. Um not only is his last name a color, um, they. <laughs> I, I I would also posit that there's a lot of talk about this fusion bomb that they're building, which <laughs> I don't know a lot, read nothing about bombs, but let's say that they require a bunch of plutonium, uh, and that's how he you know came in contact with large amounts of plutonium. Um, but if you look at the timeline. Doc Brown starts in the 80s. This takes place in 1954, one year before 1955. And uh, if you look at the endings of this, I think it's not just, you know, the the movie playing with us in a game-like fashion. I think Doc Brown went back to try to prevent these murders and created alternate timelines. Yeah. 
And he had to because if this is true, it's really um, upsetting what we learn about Doc Brown, <laughs> you know, because of like his students. And we're like, oh, yeah, gross. But he's going back to undo the mistakes of the past and to try to save everyone that he can. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't get past it. It's Christopher Lloyd. It's Christopher Lloyd. And unless he is physically changed to degree of Uncle Fester, he is going to be Doc Brown, especially if he's just hanging around in the 50s. Um, so yeah, that was my main yeah. headcanon. Uh, my subheadcanon was, I, it clicked for me this time that the name of the mansion in this clue story is called Hill House and it's in New England. And for those who have seen the haunting of Hill House on Netflix, you understand the implications of a mansion named that. So I was like, well, there's certainly enough murder here to connect it to that story. I would love to see the ghosts and haunting of Hill House pop up uh, as the, the main characters of Clue. Just one of those faces in the background there. Maybe season two, if it ever happens. So, um, yeah, I think that would be a fun way to connect those stories especially if they did like a major genre shift uh in hill house man no i i i would love that i and that's that's really solid headcanon now it's time for something completely different (laughs) now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes recast remake if this movie were to be made today who would you cast what would the storyline be i'd honestly change uh, very little on the script, especially since the script in itself is already setting the movie in the 50s. So I think that is a solid starting point. Um, casting wise, man, oh, man. Uh, let's just uh, I don't know. I, I just got done watching this. There's, they did an amazing community reunion. Just take every <laughs> TV show reunion that you've ever wanted and just put them in the movie clue just do it Uh, i would love to see the community class do clue i would love to see friends do clue uh Mm. i would love to see just just pick a just spin a wheel of snl alum and just let them just have it uh i would love to see i mean specifically like amy poehler um (laughs) bill murray uh, Steve Martin, uh, just Martin Short, just the Martins. I and uh, and Martin, yeah, <laughs> Martin Lawrence. Martin. Oh man, Martin Lawrence. Oh my gosh, man, I would love to see just get a Kings of Comedy reunion tour. <laughs> Steve Harvey, D.L. Hughley, Center the Entertainer, uh, Dave Chappelle. Oh my gosh, I mean, because this could just. Anyone, just it, I just wanted anyone and everyone. I, Tiffany Haddish, oh my gosh, I'm just my mind is blown. So, very, we, we've reached a very uh, unique uh situation where I want everyone to be in this movie, and I just want them to keep on remaking Clue with different people in it because I would love to see any actor's take on this script because it's such a fun and solid story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it just I I would love to see the audition tapes for all the people you just said. Um, I think yes. that would, that would be enough. That would be enough. I so I went through. I 
recast everyone uh, that was like a main, what I felt was one of the main ones. So I didn't really like the chef or the driver, all that. But uh, for Wadsworth, um, for Tim Curry's character, I had Tom Hiddleston, kind of like a night manager vibe going on there. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, for Yvette, then I had Scarlett Johansson, uh, which is confusing because then for Scarlett, I had Jessica Chastain. Um, <laughs> for uh, Colonel Mustard, Terry Crews. I think he would uh, yes. play that very well. 100%. Um, mm-hmm. For Mr. Green, I had Michael Pena. Um, I love the neurotic aspect of him, and I think he could do that really well. Uh, for Mrs. White, I had Constance Wu from uh, Fresh Off the Boat and Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Um, she was in Hustlers as well. Um, and uh, I think that the comedic side of Mrs. White, like what Madeline Kahn did, could come through in a really strong way. And then for Mrs. Peacock, Tracy Ellis Ross uh, from Blackish yes. and subsequent spinoffs uh and then going back to your community cast for professor plum i had danny pooty i thought danny pooty would be excellent in that kind of scholarly type role and then for mr body just because i thought this guy kind of looked like him and because we just did cat in the hat alec baldwin as mr body yep easiest role he ever had yeah, so that was my uh, my extended cast there. For the remake, though, it's, it, Clue has existed in so many different formats, and I love what Netflix has done with Bandersnatch and now with Kimmy Schmidt, the interactive side. I It is a game, and so with the multiple endings and the paths and the, like what weapon you pick and what room you're in, this just needs to be a Netflix interactive piece. Like you can decide whether or not you split up or not and how that would affect it. There's actually um, I was talking with my wife about this uh, recently. The DVD for I want to say Final Destination 4 or 5. 4 or 5. I'm going to say 4. And the DVD you could um, they bandersnatch it so you could decide whether basically I think the big uh, event was like they got on the roller coaster and so you could decide whether or not they got on the roller coaster if you chose to not let them get on the roller coaster the credits just roll somebody <laughs> wants like the movie's done roller coaster <laughs> all right now we're going to go into our final segment where we like to give you reasons to recommend and honestly i as much as i'm praising this movie uh there, I I I'm at a loss for it. I I don't have much to recommend, other than, I mean, to see it, I guess. Yeah, that that's kind of surprising. And as much as I do uh, love Clue, I, I'm willing to admit there are you know other movies out there that maybe you could check out before you circled back to Clue. But that was just one recommendation. So I would recommend Clue because it is like just it's so good. It's like fire. My face heat like the experience is just indescribable. I love it. I love it. Uh, It it gives you like if you're not going to go to a murder mystery. Uh, 
this is basically like the next best thing. Like, I, I've been a part of like murder mystery parties and where you have to find out who done did that. And it's this. It is this. Yeah. And it's so oh, fun. Oh, is this one of those who done did that parties? Oh, man. <laughs> I am underdressed. No, I agree. And I would say like Clue is really best when watching it under the right circumstances. Uh, like for me, I enjoyed it because I watched it um, in my apartment with a loved one uh, on my streaming platform of choice. But how we really recommend this movie I would recommend Clue um, if you are in love with the mystery genre at all. Like, if you love comedy or mystery, there's your recommendation. Because this movie does both so well. Uh, in a world where we, I, I think, are just used to procedurals of, like, what's the crime of the week? Who done did that thing? Um, and we have, like, seven uh, different Law & Orders or... <laughs> <laughs> or a CSI's like we're used to mystery in such a way that like I think watching Clue gets just down to the brass taxes of it. There's there's no science, there's no uh, technology. It's just set in a time period where you get to really feel the suspense of a mystery. There is urgency, there is excitement, and it's just so funny without being um cartoonishly funny like it's just it knows what it is and it is just one of if not the best mystery mystery comedy movie that i've ever seen i couldn't agree more and um i think clue as a game is the perfect board game to be adapted into a movie because you have these built-in characters, you have built-in locations, props, and they use all of them uh, really organically, really naturally to build this world. And um, it's inspired by the game, but really brought to life by the performances. And yes, the clue uh, kind of framework is a lot of fun to work in, but as a movie, it's also just excellently structured. The first murder happens half an hour into the movie. Really that defining act break moment. And so it keeps it moving at a good pace. And then you have a really solid second act where you're trying to solve it. You're running room to room. There's more murders being added on to it. And then after all of that investigating, they start recapping the solutions uh, exactly at the final half hour of the movie. So you have like this first half hour of setup. I mean, it's just like textbook and because of that it feels really natural that's part of why they cut off the fourth ending too is because it it screwed up the ratio of when events happen in the movie and so it was really thoughtfully constructed from the production design not doing the obvious it would have been really obvious to put all of the characters in clothing that matched their name that's the first level choice but they went with the deeper choices they went with the nods like the inner white lining of the morning mrs white who is recently you know widowed so they have 
depth to the characters and that's reinforced through the production um and the way that they tee up the locations they take you through the house gradually you can see little aspects and uh kind of foreshadowing like in the in the dining room they have so many candles on the table and just candlesticks are there there are shots too the the cinematography of it brings out those core aspects of the game where there's a stack of candlesticks like very close to the frame and people talking behind it. And it's like, it's, it feels unnatural to a certain degree, but it's very purposeful. So from a filmmaking standpoint, I really appreciate all the thought that went into this. The execution is so much fun. Also having the wherewithal to be like, now we're going to cut an ending. We're going to change this and that to really get it right. And to take that risk in their distribution of we're going to have A endings, B endings, C endings. You got to see it multiple times. It was really innovative. And they were trying to bring that game feel to the audience. And watching it, you know, in 2020, I feel that aspect of it. It does feel like the game elements are there. The mechanics are there to move the story forward. And so this movie has so many layers to it. It's it's like any great sitcom that you rewatch it over and over and you catch something new every time, especially being an ensemble piece. Um, you could rewatch this movie a dozen times and get something new every single time. So if you've never seen it before uh, and we're I feel like we're pretty good about not spoiling the end of any of the specific endings. But if you've not seen it, go through, watch it. But if you have seen it before, I encourage you to relive Clue because just like the game, uh, it's different every time. Well said, Grayson. I don't think you could have said that any better, even with alternate endings. First take, best take. Well, most of the time in our case, last take, best cake. <laughs> Oh, let me take that again. Most of the time in our case, last take, best take. And that is our review of the 1985 crime mystery comedy Clue. Let us know what you remember about Clue on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. And it would mean so much to us if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice on a scale of one to five uh candlesticks ah yeah light the way Ooh, i like mm. that it can be used uh, or for light or darkness oh okay or ooh, actually on a, on a scale of one to five alternate endings there we go yeah five endings yeah yeah they couldn't have the four endings for the fifth ending that would have been the sweet spot yeah right then you might as well do all six and be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Now, Ricky, we've all been doing our part to uh, practice social distancing, um, but I think it would be refreshing mm -hmm. to uh, really connect with one another again by reviewing the 2010 biopic-ish film, The Social Network. Oh, yeah. And you know, Justin Timberlake's in there, and he's very popular now <laughs> because Trolls World Tour. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, yes.
in the month of May. <laughs>